Father, we thank you for our time together today. And Father, as we think about just um, this whole um, topic in our lives about how to love life and see good days, Father, we we ask that we would be men and women who, through because we've gone through our study today, would understand that there are very ha- challenging times ahead, and we may be in challenging times now. Father, that there's a way that Peter has given uh, to us to be able to know how to navigate these things victorious um, in the midst of um, challenging. Um, but I pray, pray that we would take these things to heart, that we would learn them, and that we would meditate on, on, on what you have for us this morning. Father, I pray that you'd meet the very de- deepest and, and uh, most challenging parts of those who are in this room. Father, meet us where we're at. Take us to where you want us to be. We ask these things in Jesus' name. <clears throat> um, so we are in the bit, middle of getting Peter, going through Peter. Um, we're in the process of, we've gone from our past. Now we're talking about our present. And we will transition to our future before the summer. Um, but in our present, um, it's really about remembering our testimony and that how we actually navigate our lives really, 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 really matters. Um, and when Dave was here, he, 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 he put this up here. He said, what we've been studying is the application side of, of the principles that Peter laid out, lays out in chapter 1 and 2. And what those are, as we look at the application, is our civic responsibilities when we are persecuted and, and suffer in this space of, of, of our civic responsibilities. Second was our work responsibilities. Third was our home that we just finished up, right? And, and now we're going to talk about the church. And not the church as another one, but the church in the way in which we interact with all of those areas, okay? And so when we think about situations and suffering, he talked about going from the, going from the best of times to the worst of times. And how that actually is something that I think, you know, we're on that road. I, don't, I couldn't tell you where it is, okay? Probably different for each person based upon which sphere we're in. But it's coming and it's going to get darker. I, I wish I could tell you something different. But that's what the scriptures say, okay? And so when we think about this and we think about that moving that direction, okay? Another thing I want to say is then how are our responses going from worst to best? Do we have the ability to be able to navigate these things really well for the glory of God in our life? And that's what this is going to be about even this morning. So my learning objectives for this day are found on the top of page two. You can turn there and get started here. This, you can't see it. We're going to try to get a better screen in here. Um, Is a storm on the horizon. And it's a black, dark storm on the horizon, okay? And our learning objectives today are that, um, uh, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but that we understand Peter's admonition of how we can, quote, savor abundant life and experience good days, okay, even though we live in the midst of a growing tide of hostility and this ever-present darkness and what I'll call ominous storm clouds that are on the horizon, that is just a characterization of our world today and our country today. So, knowing that this is on the horizon, seeing it on the horizon, that storm may bypass us. That storm may hit us square on. Don't know. Don't know. But am I ready for that? And am I putting to, into, experience, into 
into, into uh, action these things today in order to weather those things tomorrow. Um, one of the things that um, I wrote down from uh, even last week was, was Michael's um, point on martyrdom. And I have it written in my Bible, and I, I just, I'll read it for you. It says, How I die depends upon whether how I lived mattered. How I die depends on how on whether how I lived really mattered. And I, I just I want to be doing that today so that if ever that comes or anything else comes, I want to be able to be ready to navigate that well. God doesn't give us things to go through unless he's prepared us beforehand. So I'm sounding the alarm that today is a preparation day in our time together. Okay. <clears throat> so in our time together today to look at a good days, um, these are the things that we're going to hit today. An introduction, he says, to sum up. Number two is to have the right attitude. We're going to talk about that. Number three is to have the right response. Number four is to have the right goal. And number five is to have the right motive. So right attitude, right response, right goal, and right attitude, uh, right motive. So from an introduction perspective, can you think of specific people in, um, in uh, Scripture that uh, pursued the good life but did it in all the wrong places? Any like that? People who pursued, you know, this world um, and weren't fulfilled. Yeah. Well, there was a rip. Yeah. Yeah, he had gone after everything but didn't have that. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Solomon. Solomon, Solomon writes Ecclesiastes, having after, after, having after gone after every material thing and every pleasurable thing. Okay. And you don't have to turn there, but let me read to you Ecclesiastes chapter 12, um, which is his last, the last verses of, of his whole book. Okay, and He says, the conclusion, when it's all been heard, when it's all, back to my words I'm going to come back to in a second, when it's all, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, here's Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, when after these things came back and said this. He said, in conclusion, when it's all been heard, do this. Fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. Because God will bring every act of judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. That's his, that's his conclusion. Fear God. Um, I wanted to read for you just a, um, an epita- or a, uh, a description of uh, Ernest Hemingway um, who was a famed no- novelist. You know, he wrote, like, The Old Man in the Sea, right? And a number of uh, farewelled arms and stuff. So, um, non-believer. Um, Hemingway also became notorious for his avant-garde lifestyle. He had little regard for the teachings of the Bible or traditional systems of morality. He pursued the good life, from his perspective, in quotes, okay, with a vengeance. His literary talent brought him fame, prestige, and money, which allowed him to seek pleasure all over the world through hunting and fishing expeditions, celebrity parties and gatherings, heavy drinking, fighting in, and report and reporting on several wars and revolutions and sleeping with women wherever he went. However, none of that ultimately gave Hemingway any lasting or general, gen, genuine satisfaction. His life ended tragi- tragically one day in 1961 when he inflicted himself with a fatal gunshot blast to the head. Um didn't didn't um, fulfill him, didn't give him the contentment. Um, so we start with ver- verse 8. He says in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, he says, to sum up, 
to sum up. This could be translated by the single word, finally. It's kind of like what a, what a preacher says at the end of their talk. Well, finally, and then he goes on for whatever, you know. I'm saying finally at the beginning of our time, not the end. Um, but it's, uh, it's this word, tode telos. Tode telos. Um, it, it does not single um, the end of the letter, but the conclusion of this current section. It is the same as someone saying at the end of the day or when it's all said and done. Um, I, I say that quite a bit personally because I think it's a way to summarize um, what's really important. In the midst of trials and or suffering for doing what's right, be it from those in authority such as public officials, employers, or a disobedient spouse, we have been called to something different, which is... Um, We've been called to respond differently as believers in Christ. And so this whole portion of, of, of Peter's application in these different spheres of our life is not about like changing the circumstances. It's about coming to grips with how we respond to those circumstances. That's the key thing, and that's what we're going to talk about. So that's the, a little bit of an introduction. So first of all, have the right attitude. I'll give you four ways that we can love life and see good days. Four ways that we can love life and see good days. First is to have the right attitude. He says, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and and humble in spirit. So these five virtues comprise a God-honoring attitude in the midst of these things. First thing, harmonious. Harmonious. Harmonious means to, to have the, quote, same think. Same thinks. Think the same way. Um, and so um, it's to commit oneself to that which would produce inward unity of the heart with another person. Inward unity of the heart with another person. So as we think about like how, how do we develop har- har- harmony, harmony, how do we develop harmony in, in, in the church? What is that, how, do, how does that happen? How do we develop har- harmonious spirit or harmony? Same thing. So how do you do? How do you how do you be, how do you develop same think? How do you develop same think? Okay, communicate with one another. I would su- suggest that if that we will never have same think unless we're trying to tune our pit, pit our, our tuning forks to, to one to one tuning fork. You know, our, our instruments to one tuning fork, and that one tuning fork has to be Christ. So as we tune ourselves to Him, we become harmonious. Harmonious. Another great example of har- harmony is, is what I think of as knitting together. Knitting together. The concept of crocheting, okay, in that you're taking threads and you are what? Knitting them together in, so that they're unified into a picture or a, a construct that, that an architect has in the back of their mind. Well, that architect is God. And we're being knit together in the church. That is what harmony is all about. Harmony. Um, second is symp- sym- sympathetic or sympathy. Sympathetic or sympathy. It means to share the same feeling as, or to be united in truth, but also to enter into the pain of others, even when we don't know them. Um, enter into the pain of others, even though we don't know them. It's the idea of being sensitive. Um, give me an example of, uh, of maybe uh, sympathy in action, do you think? What's an example of sympathy in action in the church? Okay? Yeah? Yeah. 
probably could land in a couple of these um, uh, words as an example of that. Yeah. Other thoughts? Or? Yeah. How would you know if you don't if you're not listening? You're very right. I mean, it takes paying attention and having a heart that's sensitive to hearing when these things come into existence. I would suggest that God creates that in us because we go through that and then we get the chance to hear them because we're not, our, our ears aren't, aren't tuned to hear the needs unless we are sympathetic. And God creates sympathetic ears by helping us traverse those areas beforehand probably. So, other thoughts on that one? Yeah, great example. And if somebody walked in like those... Uh, Paramedics and everything, and they're seeing you know that happen. I mean, it's got to have an effect on them. I got really good comment. Um, Third is brotherly, means to love, um, and refers to the affection among people who are closely related, such as brothers and sisters in Christ. Brotherly, brotherly. Um, What can anybody think of some some things we do to demonstrate brotherly, brotherly love? I'll tell you one. I mean, we do it all the time in our church. I mean, when I see somebody, you know, I give them a hug. Um, I don't do that out there. I just do it here. <laughs> right? You're not hugging the person No, I don't. Now, now, what's interesting is my, my closest friend who's not a believer, he's a Muslim, known him for 25 years. When I leave his presence, I hug him all the time. He goes, He's different than everybody else. It means something. Something. Brotherly also has a dimension of sacrifice to it. That I'm willing to do whatever it takes to serve one another. Yeah. We're yes. Kind of a it is. I mean, it it is a forever construct. Blood is thick, thicker than, than, the, than real blood, right? It is. And that's why when we have our community groups, when we do life together here, when we encourage, exhort one another, because all of us are in that space um, and need it, um, this is about like developing eternal relationships. There's nothing more important than that. Um, harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly. Fourth is kind-hearted. Kind-hearted. It refers to one's internal organs, and it translates as bowels or intestines. These are the deep affections. These are the deep emotions that arise from within. It's like in, from the stomach. And, 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 it, and they arise because of the compassion that God's shown to us. I don't have that by myself, personally. I'm speaking for myself. That is not something that comes like naturally to me. But God is in the process of creating that in my life and, and, and giving me that deep affection because I'm just a brother in grace. So, yeah. Ephesians 4.32, he says, um, be kind-hearted to one another because of, because of what God in Christ has done for me. That's... That's the reason. Fifth one here is humble in spirit. Humble in spirit. This is actually uh, the one word. Uh, this is actually one word. Humble in spirit, and actually means humble-minded, and and it and it is the most essential and all-encompassing virtue in the Christian life. Most essential and all-encompassing virtue in the Christian life. It is the. Um, it is. Uh, um, from Paul in Philippians, I won't turn to it. He says, "Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than my than 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 my." So there's this dimension of submitting to one another that we saw. Remember last week in Ephesians five twenty one, right? Submit one to one another. Um, so it's the same thing here. Uh, God, uh, you know, God dwells really just in two places. 
God dwells in the third heaven. Oh, he's chosen to dwell in two places. He says in the third heaven and with those who are humble in heart. So it tells me, like, if I'm not living in a place of humility, then I probably am going to struggle with intimacy with God. So I'm going to have a hard time loving life and seeing good days, too. Because this is, this is one of the five key attitudes I need to have in order to um, love life and see good. So once again, harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit. So God says that our collective joy is becoming complete when we are, quote, knit together. Knit together refers to harmonious, sensitive to the pain of fallen sinners, sympathetic, sacrifice for one another, brotherly, compassionate instead of harsh, kind-hearted, and humble like Christ, like Jesus. That's how those are the five um, virtues that God that, that comprise a God-honoring attitude. So, second way is to um, have a right response. Have a right response. He says, not returning evil for evil, or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for this very purpose, that you might inherit a blessing. So he says, not returning evil for evil. This refers to um, bad actions that are aimed at us. And he says, insult for insult, this refers to bad speech that's aimed at us. So bad actions and bad speech come our way, and the question is, is how am I going to respond to that? That's the question he, that First Peter readers had. That's the question that we have to deal with. Okay? He says, but instead of that, give a blessing instead. As believers, when we are reviled, we are called to retaliate by giving a blessing instead. Giving a blessing instead. Um, Blessing here is a word that, um, from the English word that we get the word eulogy from. Eulogy from. Um, To eulogize makes a person speak well of and praise other people. Can you imagine going to a funeral and being asked to give a eulogy and you spoke ill of the person? (laughs) It's like, not going to ask them again. Well, you won't have another one. (laughs) Seriously, I mean... uh, a eulogy is meant to what? It's to hopefully speak well of the person. Talk about the things that they did they did in their life that was meaningful, um, important, right? And so that's what this word blessing comes from, is to speak well of. And so when we think about that, how many people, uh, how can we bless people when they treat us with hostility? How can we bless people when they treat us with hostility? Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21. If somebody's got that, would you just read it out loud for us? Romans 12, 17 through 21. Okay, so to answer this question, how can we bless people instead when they treat us with hostility according to the back part of verse 21? What is the answer? What's the answer? According Overcome evil with good. So practically speaking, let's take it from the ethereal, let's take it to the practical. How do we do that? How do you do it in a marriage relationship? How do you overcome evil with good? Marriage relationship. Nice, okay. Pardon me? (laughs) Or the way I feel. (laughs) Or the way I feel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, So, let me give you um, four ways to bless people instead when they treat us with hostility and therefore overcome evil with good. First is to love them unconditionally. Love them unconditionally. If I have my goal to please God 
versus myself. If I please myself, I'm going to go at them. I'm going to come back with a response. I'm going to be sarcastic or I'm going to treat them wrongly because they treat me wrongly. And that's, what, that's my right to do. Mind, right? my, my human right, right? But, but as, a, as a follower of Christ, my whole goal is to please God. So how I respond with my mouth is going to declare my testimony being um, something that is worthy of being followed or one that um, puts a, a wedge in between that person's relationship and God, basically. So um, loving them unconditionally first. Second is pray for them. If they're a non-believer and don't know Jesus, pray for their salvation. If they're a believer, pray for them to become more like Christ. Pray for them to become more like Christ. Either way, what's done is done. You can't change what's done right now. It's already done. They did that to you. So how do you navigate responding to it well for the glory of God? Pray for them. Third is forgive them. Fourth is express gratitude for them. I have found in my life that this fourth one is the, most, is the hardest for me to do. The hardest one for me to do. I could give you examples and examples and examples. But I'll tell you, when I could get over this fourth one in my life and actually thank God for that person, that changed my whole perspective of that person. My whole perspective of that person changed. I could not pray for them and I could not thank God for them and what they did in my, in my life, which caused me, by the way, to cling and glue myself to God, which is where I should have been all along, okay, um, without having, having the ability to, to understand and give thanks uh, for, in everything, as, as um, Paul says in. Any thoughts around that? Yeah. For, for him being with me in the situation, navigating it well, thanking him that it, it brought me back to a, close relationship with him because I can't navigate that with that person that way. I mean, I, I just, in and of myself, I can't do it. But, but God strengthens me. Yeah. It does. It really does. It takes a lot of work. In it absolutely does. What's interesting, though, is that after you go through this a few times, you, you actually um, see this coming a little bit quicker in the future ones. I, I'm just saying there is hope. There is hope. I mean, we all mess up and we all don't do this, okay? Um, but as we go through this process and are diligent in, in figuring out how to respond in a God-earning, Christ-exalting, spirit-enabling way, then we are able to see growth in this area and our ability to see it quick, more quickly um, as long. Yeah. Then, yeah. can I do it anyway? Yes. You push through. I push yeah. through. Yeah. And, and, and how, how does it come out the other side then? Because just doing that alone is basically um, putting my heart, uh, flaying my heart open before God, and He knows that that my heart's not right. Yep, right. I mean, that's usually my problem. My heart is not um, holy for Him. You know, His glory. It's really about my vengeance. (laughs) At the end of the day. So, again, back to the Romans passage. You know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Right? Okay. Thoughts? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think I should actually pull that up one. I think it, I think sequentially it's first. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I'm going to bring that up to the first point. Grades that I'm yep. ignoring because I'm focusing yep. on one little thing yeah. to further love that. Amen. So I think that's Amen. Pretty far up. Amen. Any other thoughts on that? Good.
What's fascinating here, he says that um, blessed people instead, because you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Um, We as believers um, have freely received uh, God's divine, eternal, unmerited blessing or a complete gift of forgiveness of an unpayable debt by God. Um, My granting forgiveness to to anyone should be easy in the light of how small that is compared to God's greatness in my offense of Him. I'll tell you, when I... When I come down off my judgment seat <laughs> in, in, in a situation, which I tend to hover around personally, <laughs> um, and remember, but for God in my own life, but for God's grace, and see that person really as a fellow sinner, right? then I change how I view that person. Because we, we have just been um, forgiven because of grace together. And this is true in a in a marriage relationship. This is true in a parenting relationship. Times as parents, I think we we tend to um, think that we are the dispensers of standards for our children. Truth be told, we're just sinners like them. Both of us are in pursuit. More to come on that. Um, have the right goal. Have the right goal. This third way to love life and see good days is to have the right goal. He says. Uh, um, for let him who means to love life and see good days refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. And let him turn away from evil and do good. And let him seek peace and pursue it. Um, for let him who, who means to love life and see good days. We already talked about this, that um, Peter's desi- desire and admonition is that uh, we as believers should savor abundant life and experience good days. Um, what are those good days and how can we experience those? We looked at the, that here on, on the... On the um, on the wall. Um, and he goes on to say, refrain his tongue from evil. Peter says that we need to keep from retaliating verbally to hostility, evil, and insults. Um, and his lips from speaking guile is deceit. He says we must be committed to truth and we must understand that what's in the well will come up in the bucket um, when we're in the middle of a situation or circumstance. And so when we think about refraining our tongue from evil, um, the fundamental issue based upon what you what the scriptures say is that it is not an issue of of behavioral modification I mean, granted we don 't want to sin twice <laughs> we don 't want to have thoughts that way, and then we don 't want those thoughts to affect our behavior that way so granted, I get having thoughts that way and then holding the behavior in check. At least we're not sinning twice. <laughs> but the point here is not that. The point here is like um, what is in my heart when I put the, put the bucket down in the well, my well being the heart, whatever, whatever comes up in that bucket, okay, theoretically is the water that was in the well. <laughs> and so if my response is anger, my response is spewing words, my response is um, uh not a God-honoring conversation, then it's one thing to say, I need to go keep that from happening. It's a whole other thing for me to take ownership from my heart and say, if that came out, that that's what's there. And I need to figure out how to affect my heart. It's my heart that's got the problem. I need to figure out how God can change that. Because otherwise, I'm just going to continue to struggle with the words that come out. Or the anger that erupts. 
that's not where God wants to do surgery. God wants to do surgery in my heart. So think about that from our own way we respond to others and to um, in those situations. Um, it's, it's about taming the tongue. I love this picture. Isn't that a great picture? <laughs> taming the tongue. Put a, put, a, put a bridle on that thing, you know? Like, really. Um, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, verses 34. Verse 34. Matthew 12, 34. <clears throat> Matthew 12, 34. Somebody read that. I mean, one sentence he'd like drives a nail through their forehead, right? Um, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That which fills the heart. Yep. Our true character is really... Exactly. Exactly. It's just the reverse side of it. Yep. Um, yep. So, um, he says, uh, uh, Peter, in, in Psalms 34, let's go back to uh, Peter um, chapter 3, in verses... Uh, 11 and 12 here, um, he gives us, um, uh, Peter gives us uh, really three commands uh, to help us follow, uh, taste life and see good days. The first one is, um, and let him turn away from evil. Let him turn away from evil. Let him turn away from evil. Um, this, is, um, this is the fact that we will, in a strong way, um, Push up against um, all appearances of sin. All appearances of sin. So, I, I want to just take a look at this real quickly. Um, would somebody read Proverbs 3, 6 together out loud? Proverbs 3, 6. Uh, 6 and 6. six three, 3, 6. Direct your paths, okay. Um, New American says, and he will make your paths straight. So this idea of making them straight is the idea of not going off, right? Not sinning, not not going down the wrong road, keeping it straight, okay? 16.6, Proverbs 16.6, somebody read that one. Okay, so how does a man uh, keep away, uh, tur- turn away from evil, keep away from evil according to 6? Fear of the Lord. So what does that mean? Understanding, Understanding of who God is. Is it just... so? We've talked a lot about understanding. Is it, is it um, just a, a, a knowledge of who God is, um, or is it um, really kind of the living in it? Yeah, living in it. So you have to have the first, but unless you're doing the second, which is seeking God with all your heart, you're, you're not going to have um, a desire to do this. You'll know cognitively you shouldn't do it, okay? But you're not going to have a passionate desire to not do it. Does that make sense? It's a really important point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's not up here, but um, let me. I just remembered another verse. Let's jump there, which is Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Uh, would somebody read verses um, uh, six through? I'm sorry, nine through eleven. Psalm 119, verses nine through eleven. Okay. So. How do we keep from sinning or away from evil according to this? Seek with all my heart, being in God's Word, prayer and communion with Him, fellowship with one another, okay? Obeying Him, treasuring um, uh, uh, His Word. Um, it's, it's one thing to read it. It's another thing to treasure it. Um, this is a very different thing. 
Okay? So all these, it says that, so, so that I will not sin against you. The key verse here is, is, is verse 10. With all my heart I have sought you. That is the key thing that keeps us from sin. By seeking God with all our heart. Um, another one. Um, let's skip to um, Romans 12.9. Romans 12.9. So let me read that one. What we find here is an interesting, um, I'll call it solution for um, standing from evil. Um, it, it isn't just about doing one thing, which is the negative. It's also about d- doing something to replace it, with, which is the positive. And you see this kind of put off and put on concept throughout the, all of the scriptures in order to be transformed. I can't just run around my life thinking about, well, I don't want to sin, I don't want to sin, I don't want to sin. The antidote to sin is not not wanting to sin. The antidote to sin is having a passionate love for the glory of God. That's a different thing. Um, and so he says here, glue yourself. That the, the word here is like super glue. Super glue yourself to good. Why? For God's glory, for, for pleasing Him. When, you, when I super glue myself to God, I'm, I'm going to... He doesn't even use the word strong rejection of. He uses the word abhor. I will abhor evil. Why? Because... Because my breakage in a fellowship and communion with God is like the most important thing in my life. I don't want that to happen. And so I, the way I can, I'm going to keep that from happening is to superglue myself to what's good and to, and to the glory of God, and the pleasure of God. And, and that's, that's how I need to um, think about this whole thing. So taste and see good days. First of all, let him superglue and have a passionate um, uh, a, a passion for the glory of God in, in my life and, and keep from evil. Second one is, um, oh, before I look at that, let's do 1 Thessalonians 5.22 also. I did want to hit this one. 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Uh, Somebody got that one? Uh, do, do 21 and 22. So you see this thing also, same, same construct, right? Abstain from every form of evil, all appearances of evil. All appearances of evil. And, and how do you... How do you not do that? It's by holding fast to that which is good. Holding fast to that which is good. Um, so the second way besides turning away from evil is to do good. Doing good is what is to do what is excellent um, in quality. The very core of it is like right. So another way I, I say this is instead of doing right, what I, um, what I would describe this as is um, do whatever you want, but please God. Do whatever you want, but please God. <laughs> and, and, and that's something I try to... I've said to my kids as they grew up is just doesn't make this thing really simple. Okay, it's not a bunch of don'ts, do's and don'ts. It's about like just please God, please God, whatever you do, whatever you want to do, but please God by doing it um, before Him makes it really simple um, in, in my life. Let Him seek peace and pursue it. Um, what's fascinating is this idea of seek and pursue are words that uh, have incredible intensity to them. They they they. they they, in, they portray an aggressive be, uh, passion about pursue, pursuing them. Um, uh, it's similar to a hunter vigorously tracking down his prey. It's the same kind of thing. Um, uh, it's to go after um, hard. Um, peace, interesting enough, he says, pursue and seek peace. And peace is that... Um, a condition without hostility that produces joy and happiness. So it comes back to this. It's, it's like seek and pursue peace, okay, here, that that brings these things 
into existence. Um, and, and what the scriptures are saying here is that we of all people as believers, whether the person's a believer or non-believer, especially if they're non-believer, but, but God holds me personally responsible for living at peace with all men. Hebrews 12, you can't get around it. Romans 12, you can't get around it. It is that God, the Hebrews 12 passage is really about the discipline of God. And he says, if, if, if I am not in a passionate pursuit of building my relationships back the way they need to be in God-honoring, Christ-exalting ways, and if I have broken relationships with anybody, believers or non-believers, then, then I am going to be under the discipline of the Lord. Says God's not going to let that go. He's going to continue to haunt me and push me towards reconciliation and forgiveness resolution. He says that that will just continue, continue, continue. It never goes away because in God's mind, the fellowship of the Spirit and that what we talked about right on the front end there, right, the unity piece of this is to him most important to, to pursue and, and, to, and to get. Okay, what was the first one? I forgot what it is the word um, he uses. He uses the word um, harm, harmonious. That's the word. It's the, it's the coming together there. Okay, so uh, seek peace and pursue it. Um, so last but not least, what I wanted to do is talk about the fourth one. So the fourth one is have the right motive. In order to live life and see good days, I need to have the right motive. He says here, For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, his ears are attend to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. For the eyes of the Lord, um, here speaks of um, God's sovereign and his special care and watchfulness over his children. His special care and watchfulness over his children. Um, he says his eyes um, are upon the righteous. Um, earlier in, the, in our time together, we looked at that second chron- that Chronicles passage, right? He says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world, looking for whom he will strongly support, right? Strongly support. And so here it's, it's about his care and watchfulness. He says, his eyes are of the Lord are upon the righteous. All of his attention is, is toward us as believers. He's omniscient and fully aware and intimately acquainted with every detail in our lives. I love Psalm 139. He says that from the rising, from the time I get up to the going down of the sun, you know, God is God's hand is for me. And, and so many times I think we forget that. We think that somehow God's like way out there. He's got lots of stuff to do. You know, there's a, there's a few things happening, you know, that he needs to kind of take attention to. But he says, I am intimately acquainted with you, with me. And, and he wants to be, be, he wants us to understand that he, he is he is for us in all regards as a child, as a parent is to a child. And, and he says the motive of our lives should be please a father who has, nothing to, nothing, who has done nothing but demonstrate that he is all for us. Done nothing but demonstrate in our lives that he is all for me. All for me. But then he goes on and he says, if, if his eyes are for those who, of us who are believers... Interestingly enough, the next thing is that his ears attend to our prayers. I, I don't want you to miss this. So, so be sure to get this before we, we close out here, okay? This is a key point. If, it, if, his, if the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears attend to the prayer, his ears attending to their prayer, this is why his attention is on us. Make no mistake. 
This is why his attention is on us, is so that he fully hears and is engaged in responding to our cries and our needs, cries for help and our needs, cries for our help and needs. First John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, let me read it for you. First John 5, 14 and 15, he says, And this is the confidence, this is the confidence that we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. Amen? His ears are in attendance to my prayers. And he always stands ready. And he always stands willing. And he's always able to answer. That stands in stark contrast to the following. Which is, but the face of the Lord. But the face of the Lord. So if his eyes refer to watchfulness, then in this context, his face refers to judgment. It represents God's anger and displeasure. And, and His face is against those who do evil. His face is against those who do evil. So His wrath and His condemnation are against those who deliberately disobey His word. <clears throat> Turn with me to Revelation 6, 16 and 17. Revelation 6, 16 and 17. If His face is against those who do evil, this is a time coming yet in the future where it will be very clear. Anybody got that? Want to read out loud, please? In closing, Revelation six sixteen and uh, Revelation six um, sixteen and seventeen. Amen. There's coming a day when God's wrath, His face, um, will make all things right, and those who don't fear Him will stand in utter, utter um, awe, and they will fear Him like no one. So let me just wrap this up in closing. How do we savor abundant life and experience good days? Go to the second page of your chart, and you'll see this on the bottom right corner. At the end of the day, how to experience and savor abundant life and good days. First of all, he says, have the right attitude. Have the right attitude. The five things here are to be be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble. Have the right response, not returning insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Okay, so that we would inherit a blessing. Third one is have the right goal. What's our right goal? It's that um, you know that we would refrain from responding in, uh, uh, in our natural self, but that we would um, uh, turn away uh, from evil and and uh, let uh, and seek peace and pursue it. Um, and then have the right motive. We said the eyes of the Lord are are across the whole earth looking for those who He will dwell with and those who he will strongly support. And the point here is that um, the right motive of our hearts should be the glory of God. The right motive of our hearts should be the glory of God. Um, when we do these things, we will be different than those around us. We will be um, individuals who, who transmit and, and effuse the glory of God, testimony for those around us, very different responses than what, what they would have seen the, who will come to Christ, people will know who He is as a result. Our personal lives will just be personally transformed. We'll, we'll experience abundant life midst of great chaos, great trans, great challenge. Be able to call those days good. God showed up. Somebody would like to close in prayer? Andy, would you close in prayer? Amen. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Great week. Yes, thank you.